31, episode 4, um, The 16 Types and the uh, Gender Equality Myth. Uh, a lot of people think that gender equality is a thing and they really buy into equalism, but, and I, and I understand the, the ideal behind it. It's not, it's not really a bad idea. It's not exactly wise for us to limit, you know, somebody's life based on their gender or who they are in that regard. And that includes, you know, all forms of prejudice, uh, like color of your skin, etc. But, um, the thing is, though, is that the 16 types by themselves were not immune to prejudice. I mean, we've already talked about, you know, concepts like cognitive projection, which basically proves that every single person out there, uh, you have one of the 16 types as your ego. You are, by default, prejudiced in some capacity. Prejudiced uh, in favor of your own type over others. Uh, prejudiced in terms of how you handle compatibility versus camaraderie. Uh, just it's 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 a fact so at the end of the day all human beings are prejudiced and a lot of people have a hard time uh considering that but prejudice is actually um you know biologically natural uh, to human beings because it increases our survival rate to associate with those that our brains deem safe etc the thing is is that we have to go out of our way to instead of, you know, making assumptions and jumping to conclusions about people, it's, uh, it's important to make sure that uh, we're, you know, giving people a chance, verifying and whatnot. So, hey, I'm working right now and I'm live streaming, just so you know. So just keep playing. Yeah, cool. So, uh, hanging out with my children at a, um, at a water park. That's, it's kind of cool. Uh, so yeah. Um, but anyway, before I actually like get into like this particular lecture or the meat of this lecture, I need to talk about, uh, episode two of this lecture series. Uh, apparently there is a mini uproar over something I said and you know, making the claim that the INTP is the second most feminine uh, compared to the INFP. Now, I heavily understand where people are coming from, uh, from this. And I empathize with that point of view, actually, because I have to admit, technically on paper, the INFP would be more feminine from a nature alone standpoint. Uh, nature alone. Uh, but when I'm talking about what's feminine, more masculine, I wasn't really talking about human nature alone. I wasn't talking about cognitive functions. I wasn't talking about type. And uh, probably in the next episode or as a companion to this series, we're going to be releasing an official nature versus nurture order of, you know, feminine types, masculine types, etc., just so that you folks can kind of get that idea. And it's going to be released. Um, it's going to be released on, um, I think, on Ucha, our member application for our members that we have. Um, because like, anytime one of our paid members types somebody using our application, it keeps track of that person. Uh, that they've typed in like a journal and whatnot. And then they can actually run reports and statistics on that person to see how compatible they are 
with themselves or with other people or what the level of camaraderie is, social compatibility, professional compatibility, sexual compatibility, et cetera. Uh, all of those nuances. And one of them is also going to be able to tell like just how, uh, you know, masculine or feminine they are as well, you know? So, and they'll be able to update their dashboard with um, a bunch of, you know, graph porn basically to understand, you know, hey, that's where it comes from. But I seem a little distracted because I am I'm live streaming and parenting at the same time. So just uh, giving you guys a heads up on that. Anyway. Uh, anyway, so uh, with that, with that being said, when I make the assertion that the INTP is the second most feminine, it's because I'm making that judgment with nature and nurture simultaneously. Because while technically from a nature alone standpoint, yes, the INFP is technically more feminine than the INTP. When you actually look at in practice, like day to day, I, and this is my personal experience. This is also a bunch of my coaching practice, many, many years of coaching practice. Okay, that was a little odd. I just had uh, two flies deciding to um, hump on my, um, they hump on each other on my arm. That was a little odd. Uh, the thing is, is that in practice, um, in real life, you know, when you're considered nurture and socialization, the INTP actually ends up behaving more feminine than the INFP does. And that's, that's just a fact. Um, they are more deferential. They allow people to run them over. And it's because, you know, they're this informative FE user. Informative FI users at least have a lot more self-respect in general. And even if TI Hero is correct and willing to criticize, oftentimes INTPs are just too insecure to actually open their mouth to begin with because of extra feeling inferior. And that's like a problem, you know. So point is like y'all got to be aware of that concept we all got to be aware of that risk and how that that weighs into decision making so i know there's a bunch of like te users in the audience who want to see the pattern in terms of the type grade and the individual types the thing is is though is that what is masculine what is feminine it is technically an extremely subjective uh discussion subjective subject the reason why it's so subjective is because while I can identify the masculine and feminine traits textbook-wise on paper with each of the 16 types, you still have societal socialization, societal conditioning that gets in the way that impacts behavior. For example, like with what men have to deal with, men struggle with, um, you know, basically being socialized or conditioned to put women first instead of putting themselves first because they're shamed uh, or guilted uh, for being, you know, or looking selfish, basically. And that's really unhealthy for men, but society does this. And even though the INTP on paper is technically more masculine or more feminine or more masculine than the uh, INFP and the INFP is more feminine than the masculine, more masculine uh, INTP, just like from a TI standpoint, the reality of the situation is, is that 
the INCP is more likely to buy society's bullshit. The INCP man. And this is what causes them to behave more feminine than an INFP. Which brings us to the meat of this lecture. That's actually what this lecture is all about. Um, because gender equality, it's a myth. It's absolutely a myth. There's no such thing as gender equality. It's complimentary as people like Myron Gaines or uh, Rolla Tomasi or Roosh or Roycey would say, yeah, they, they'd say that. And yes, you know, women compliment men and men compliment women. That's just how it works. But the difference is, is that I'm going to explain why, because there's actually a third party in the mix between genders that a lot of people don't even realize. Uh, it's a big problem. So I've prepared a model to help explain this concept in a lot easier way to understand or, uh, you know, make sense. So, and it comes from a business system. I learned it in, I learned it at university. It's one of the few good things I actually got out of uh, university, but uh, business wise, um, it's called the triple constraints analysis. And that's where, you know, it's timeline, budget and specifications. And you're only allowed to pick two. My ESTP mentor, uh, Robert Bryant, he actually uh, taught me an entirely different way of interpreting it. He called it cheap, fast, or right. And you can only pick two. And if you want something done cheaply and quickly, well, it's not going to be done right. If you want something done right and quickly, well, it's going to be expensive, right? So that's how triple constraints actually work. And it's this weird form of equilibrium, uh, a rare form of equilibrium that a lot of people are not aware of. And when it comes to something like gender equality or intergender dynamics or intersexual dynamics or sexual relationships, this actually has a, a really big, um, it's a big issue. A lot of people don't understand that there's a third party influencing sexuality and the genders on a consistent basis, on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, and that third party is basically socialization or social conditioning, or quite frankly, it's society. So let's provide an example. Let's provide an example of how the genders are not equal, okay? So if you were to take 100 men and one woman after wiping out all of humanity, humanity would cease to exist. If you were to take 100 women and one man, humanity would survive. Because that one man through that, those 100 women could technically repopulate the earth. The other way around, that ain't really going to work very well. That's going to be a serious problem. Not likely to repopulate the earth. So, with that being said, like, you guys gotta understand that, like, women are technically more biologically important. You know, it's because, you know, our baby's brains are big. And that's why, you know, that's why childbirth is dangerous and ultimately a potentially deadly um, rite of passage that women have to face in their lives if they're going to procreate, etc. 
So, yeah, you guys missed out on the humping flies. You know, you totally missed out on that. So the, the point is, like, that's right there is an example of how genders are not equal in, like, biology. If you want to, like, delve into some of the source material on this, you should read The Manual by W. Anton. W. Anton is an ESTP, so kind of get an ESTP look. But the words of W. Anton are almost identical to the exact words of my ESTP mentor, Robert Bryant, and what he, he taught me when I was about 26, 25, 26, when, uh, when I was homeless. But, uh, but the point is, is like, you know, equalism is a myth. It's a myth. So, and here's why. Triple constraints analysis, timeline, budget, specifications, or cheap, fast, or right, okay? Cheap is budget, fast is timeline, right is specifications. So there's three groups. You have men, you have women, and you actually have society. Men, women, and society. Those are the new triple constraints for the genders. Men, women, and society. So women are the most biologically important. Society knows this. So when it comes to using the triple constraints, society is going to prioritize itself and it's going to prioritize women. And that's why men consistently get the short end of the stick. And this causes a lot of conditioning, negative social conditioning, especially among the 16 types, because overall, the most masculine men, like the STPs and the NTJ men, are sold on this idea of equalism amongst the genders in order to control their effort. So society, in order to protect its own interests and also to protect what's more biologically important, women, basically, it has to condition men to let go of their masculinity because masculine men is ultimately what challenges society. This is one of the reasons why, for example, National Socialism, uh, which taught about na taught nationalism and sovereignty uh, to the extreme, which led to fascism, obviously, uh, is a type of a social construct that has been wiped from the face of the earth ever since World War II. Uh, and this is also another reason why I maintain masculinity has been shut down at every possible opportunity within society because society itself or the, the current social norm of uh, society is um, um, you know threatened by masculinity it is absolutely threatened by the masculine society can't really exist if men decide to stop being cheap so you talk about the budget or you talk about what's cheap men are cheap men are extremely cheap men are expendable we are the expendable sex we're the ones who are expected to die for our women etc uh so society knows this and society knows that men are having to adhere to mass to you know their masculine idealism so if society removes the rite of passage which is what causes a man to have that masculine realization that self over tribe, which is better. And this is, this is one of the reasons why national socialism from a macro standpoint is literally 
for example, the nation of Germany putting themselves above everybody else on the earth, acting and claiming like they're the best, acting like, you know, arrogantly doing so and thinking that, you know, they're the master race, etc. You know, kind of like INTJs. Wait a minute. Uh, so just go to the toxic INTJ forums. You'll, if you don't know about the INTJ master race, you'll find out super quick. But the point is, uh, you know, that's a very masculine point of view. Um, you can almost say toxic masculinity or whatever, but regardless, like as a political ideology, national socialism at a macro deployment, you know, within the social space of the world, you have a nation who is electing itself more important than everybody else and demanding its sovereignty and then willing, uh, willing to um, judge uh, and take revenge out on other people in order to, uh, you know, be like, hey, I have a right to my sovereign borders, leave me alone. It started out as a don't tread on me approach, but then it turned into conquest, basically. Now, you could argue that the Nazis did that from an Ender Wigan point of view. This is one of the reasons why I maintain Hitler is actually an ENTP, because he behaves just like Ender Wigan. Ender Wigan, who is an ENTP, um, when fighting a war, being a general or an admiral, basically, when he's fighting the war against the Formix inside the book Ender's Game, whenever he fights, the way he fights is he fights from perspective of total annihilation. It's complete oppositional removal so that he would never be threatened ever again. It destroys all outcomes. This happens when you're combining the outcome focus of ISFJ subconscious justice and mixing it with extroverted sensing demon uh, finality. And what that means is, is that, you know, Nazi Germany, they took it too far. They could have just, you know, maintained their borders and stopped paying tribute, etc. But they, they didn't, they didn't do that. They took it too far. They just decided to invade everybody else, etc. But it was also because of that, you know, desire for vengeance, because what happens with the Treaty of Versailles, the Weimar Republic and World War One, folks, you got to study your history. Um, you got to understand why World War Two actually happened. And then as a result of that, Hitler came to the conclusion that uh, he didn't want any more opposition. So he's like, OK, well, I guess I have no choice but to conquer all of Europe because I don't want any opposition to ever threaten our sovereignty ever again, basically. And then he made that decision with all of the bitterness built up based on the Weimar Republic and also the Treaty of Versailles, uh, how Germany was punished instead of, uh, you know, Austria being punished. Germany was punished the most, even though Germany didn't start World War One, actually. It was more like Austria declaring war after the uh, Archduke Ferdinand was assassinated. Okay. So from his point of view, doing the, you know, what people call the ENTP victim mindset, from his point of view, it's like, well, I'm a victim here. Everyone else is opposing us. So I'm going to go conquer them and annihilate them, uh, even perform ethnic cleansing if necessary, in order to guarantee that there's no opposition that will oppose us later so that no one will threaten our sovereignty ever again. Well, that the world had an extreme overreaction to the political ideology uh, uh, 
an extreme overreaction to that political ideology of national socialism. This is why you can't find books on national socialism. This is why national socialism is seen as something that's completely evil, etc. Um, but from I'm, I'm speaking from the perspective that all political ideologies are actually evil. Like NFs like their communism, but communism is evil. Uh, you have NTs who love their autocracy and their fascism like Hitler. That's also evil. Uh, you have artisans loving their chaos, loving their, um, their gangs, um, their anarchy. That's also evil. And then you have the SJs like Biden, for example, who love their oligarchy and their old boys club. That's also evil. So it doesn't matter which political ideology you have. You're still evil. And you're just as screwed up as everyone else, including Hitler, by the way. Just as screwed up as him. You may not know it, but all political ideologies, because they don't respect other temperaments or other worldview at all. There's no mutual respect. There's no mutual um, relationship there. Those ideologies just end up, they're just, they're evil and they're, they're prejudiced. They are prejudiced and they are ultimately just as prejudiced as Hitler was. You're right. There's no flexibility, Jacob. Exactly. And that's a problem. That's a serious, serious problem. So with that, the world reacted very, very negatively to that because, you know, this is why the League of Nations was formed. The United Nations ultimately came out as a result of that because they never, ever, ever, ever wanted a World War II ever to happen again. They never, never, ever wanted to have a nationalist country in the world ever again. Well, there's a few nationalist countries that are left, and those are North Korea and Iran, for example, and they're shot on more than everyone else because everyone is so scared of nationalism. But nationalism exists at the micro level. Nationalism exists within individuals. And the best uh, and the biggest form of nationalism, libertarianism is technically uh, anarchy It's for SPs. Um, but where does nationalism exist right now? Nationalism, a.k.a. national sovereignty and putting your national sovereignty over everybody else. Nationalism at the personal level is also equivalent to masculinity. Because you as a man are choosing to put yourself above everybody else, just like Hitler put Germany above the rest of the world and decided to conquer it. And this is why society hates masculinity, because society is afraid that if men are actually masculine, then those men would rise up and challenge the status quo, just like Benjamin Franklin did. Benjamin Franklin, who is, in effect, another Hitler, because he also is an ENTP, he, during the French and Indian War, came up with the idea of the 13 colonies becoming its own sovereign nation. That was his idea. The United States of America is completely Benjamin Franklin's idea. It is his design. No one else can take credit for it. Yeah, George Washington helped a little bit. Thomas Jefferson helped a little bit. But none of them would even had uh, would have had the discussion or the Constitutional Convention would have never existed without Benjamin Franklin. But he believed in a form of nationalism, ultimately masculinity. You know, uh, and masculinity is basically an inalienable right if you look at the Declaration of Independence. So, 
Um, if you want to learn about my perspective on ideal government, then you should watch the Cutting Edge podcast. It's available at csjoseph.life forward slash members. Become a uh, journeyman member and watch the Cutting Edge podcast. We have like two years or over two years worth of content. It's a two-hour show every month. Do it once a month. Talking about the cutting edge of psychology, basically, and other things. And uh, I go into uh, societies and temperaments and worldview, et cetera, in depth there. So, um, well, yeah, people will have to accept ideas in the future because people are going to die. You know, just like the prophet Malachi said in chapter four, verses five and six. In the last days, I will send my prophet Elijah to you. And he will turn the hearts of fathers to their sons and the hearts of sons to their fathers. Or else I will strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. I saw a photo yesterday of um, hailstones um, the size of uh, cantaloupes basically falling from the sky. And all these insane fires and the fact that the sun is in a grand solar minimum kind of feels like we're, got, we're having a decree of utter destruction around the corner if we don't change ourselves. If we don't become better, perhaps the warnings of the prophet Malachi are about to come to pass. This is why I work so hard to end fatherlessness with absolutely everything that I do, because I know fatherlessness is the only way to save our, our to, removal of fatherlessness and bringing back the mature masculine is the only way to save our race. It's the only way, you know, think about it. The affiliative, you know, versus the pragmatic, the affiliative people out there you know, with their communism or their oligarchy. They're just trying to create buffers against natural selection. That's all it is. They're just buffers against natural selection. But I'm not my brother's keeper, you know. And if someone dies, then they die. It sucks, but we need to accept death as a race. But society won't do that. Society has created its own affiliative. So society has a lot of interest and its main interest is to never allow masculinity in men to be awakened in a macro point of view, collectively. Collectively, Western society cannot afford all men behaving masculine and all men putting self above tribe. That would even, and if all men did that, guess what? They'd be getting laid, for example. Women would actually <laughs> be taking men out on dates, not the other way around. But men are conditioned from very small that being masculine or behaving masculine is bad, it's evil, it's selfish, when it's not. It's a responsible selfishness, it's a necessary selfish. And the masculine selfish men are the ones that get laid anyway, which is what men want, right? But society's conditioning them otherwise. But why is this? The reason why, other than the fact that society fears masculinity, it understands some fundamental truths about the genders. And here's another example of how gender equality is a myth. Um, women are sex objects. All women are sex objects. You all need to accept this. That's a truth, that is a fact, okay? That is a fact. All women are sex objects. Now, all men are success objects. And the reason why is part of the um, socialization given by Western society as a whole. Women's sexuality is controlled and male uh, effort is controlled. Society teaches men 
that they have to do the opposite of masculinity. And society teaches men that men have to earn women. They have to work hard for women. They teach men that they need to figure out ways to please women. And that's beta thinking. So society is socializing and conditioning men from very early on as little boys, conditioning little boys to, um, um, conditioning little boys to put women first or put the tribe. And society needs that because it needs boys to think that the tribe or society is more important than themselves so that they die for their country, for example. Masculine men are not going to die for their country if their country is going to betray them, much like it has ever since I can remember. And this is where it happens. So women are sex objects. And so women's sexuality is controlled. So society ends up socializing people into thinking like, okay, you know, uh, you know, men can have their shirt off, but women can't, for example. That's another example of how there is no, there's no equalism. There's just no equalism. The equalism is a lie. There is no gender equality at all. You know, that's, that's an example right there. Um, men also, you know, they're expected to fight wars. They're expected to give up their life for their woman. They're expected to put the tribe above self. The tribe above self just feeds into their masculine idealism. And we discussed masculine idealism in episode three. This is episode four. So go back and watch that on this channel if you haven't watched it yet. And that's, that's a big problem. That's a serious, serious problem. So, well, Daniel Martin's people can't have a strong character. Well, guess what? That's subjective. Who are you to judge who has a strong character and who doesn't? Like seriously, who are you to make that judgment? People are sovereign beings. So, but, so what society does is it socializes men into thinking that they need to earn women or they need to uh, figure out ways to please women. But a masculine man who puts self above tribe, a masculine man, what he does is that he looks at a woman, he's like, I wonder how she can please me. Notice he himself is the center of his own attention and she is not. But boys are conditioned at a very young age to do the opposite. Boys are conditioned to figure out how to please women and earn women so that they can earn access to sex. So that they can earn, you know, that marriage, that contract where they just get screwed over. Men don't get anything out of marriage. You could say consistent sex, right? Well, that's not true because when a woman gets married, she typically gets comfortable. Quality of sex goes down. Frequency of sex goes down. And it's a problem. And then 80% of marriages uh, or 80% of divorces out there are initiated by women anyway. Right? And it usually happens from 36 to uh, 40 in that age gap because they're in their development phase. Because they missed the alphas that they used to screw when they were young when they made it, married their beta husband and their beta husband is not turning into an alpha because their beta husband is still shackled by the conditioning of society controlling his effort in exchange for sex. He gets sexual access if he puts in effort. But masculine men don't do that. Masculine men have an abundance mindset when it comes to women, okay? And that abundance mindset is they don't chase women, they replace them. 
okay? And that's the issue. But man-child, man-children, men who are not masculine, all think that they have to earn women. All are thinking about how to please them. And they never question, they never look at a woman and ask themselves, I wonder what she could do to please me. I wonder if she's good in bed in the bedroom for me. I wonder if she can take care of me. I wonder what she can do. And he needs to make it about self because he's putting himself above tribe. But society will sell you the opposite. Society has to control effort because society realized something about men. And this conditioning is as a result of the work of Edward Bernays. You might want to look him up. Watch the documentary, The Century of the Self on YouTube. Uh, but Edward Bernays, you know, he's the reason why women smoke cigarettes because he made smoking cigarettes sexy, for example, right? Before then, women ever smoked cigarettes, right? So, but, you know, it's so funny to me because women oftentimes complain about men being weak and men not being masculine, yet they take all the benefits that society gives them, which actually crushes men at the same time women are basically being hypocrites, you know? And, and it's because what society is doing in order to stay in power in this triple constraints model of cheap, fast, or right, men are cheap, women are right, society is fast. You can go into a grocery store and buy food. You don't have to go hunt and kill it or gather it yourself. That's why society is fast. So in exchange for fast, Society is victimizing men with their masculine idealism. And society is also victimizing women by taking advantage of their solipsism. All women are from birth innately more selfish than men. And they are innately entitled as a result. And that's not a bad thing because it's necessary for the survival of our race. But society amplifies that and makes it worse, far worse. And that's a big problem um, because they're making it worse. Hold on, I got a got a parent here. Okay, cool. Um, society makes it way worse, and a lot of, and this is why women are ultimately enabled. Now, if you are a Christian, for example, or not even a Christian, if you're a religious person, if you're a religious person, and by virtue of being religious, and you're probably not very religious if you don't think that abortion is a sin or wrong or murder, etc. But if you are, if you are religious and you have a problem with abortion, you have to understand that you're literally at the same time admitting that women are more murderous than men are. If you are religious, you do realize that you technically believe that. If you believe abortion is wrong or abortion is murder, you're basically in essence saying that society has enabled women, female solipsism, and their entitlement such that they end up becoming more murderous than men by default, statistically, if you are religious. And yet you're completely unaware of this. And then you support the society to allow that to happen. You also support a society that is destroying men's masculinity. And then as women complaining about the lack of masculinity at the same time, when you're not doing anything to help bring about the masculinity either. Society needs men to chase sex with effort. It dangles the carrot of sex in front of boys and conditions them to have to earn that carrot. And then as a result of that, they spend their entire life putting that effort 
you know, in there. And that's unfair. That's unfair too. And then when, and then women end up being victimized as a result as well. Like women get severely harmed. Women get harmed because all of a sudden for the first time in the history of the world, we have a lot of women dying lonely, a lot of spinsters out there, a lot of dog moms, a lot of cat moms, and they are not even having relationships with anybody. And they're alone. They're dying alone, childless. And they spent all their fertile years on an education and then they got nothing. That's not appropriate. Lorenzo Fernandez, there is a need for the survival of our race because the thing is, is that at any moment, everything we have can be taken away from us. What if all of the volcanoes simultaneously activated and erupted at once? I would think that probably 95% of the population of the earth would die instantly. Maybe 98. It would be a serious, serious catastrophe, but it could happen. So... You all have to be aware of this. The fact that society is trying to control male effort by dangling the carrot of sex to them um, because it understands that men are sex objects and it treats, or as success objects and it treats men as success objects and it treats women as sex objects by controlling female sexuality because of how taboo it is for a woman to have multiple sex partners. Well. There is a biological reason for that because men have to ensure paternity. And if, just like Myron Gaines would say, um, you know, a woman, a woman usually her greatest fear is being sexually assaulted, but a man's greatest fear that carries the same pain as being sexually assaulted, uh, the same pain for men is realizing that their child is not actually their child. Ensuring paternity is very important. And another example of why there's no such thing as gender equality. It, 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 there isn't, you know. Here's another example of why genders are not equal. Women's moods and their decisions change and their minds change every day. It's because their hormones are going up and down in a cycle and they have a daily cycle. They have weekly cycles, bi-weekly cycles. They have monthly cycles. They also have yearly cycles. And they have entire phases of life that are cyclical. This is why I tell men, never take a woman at her word. And instead, judge a woman by her actions and her actions alone. Whereas men, it's the other way around. Again, another example as to how they're not equal. Men and women are complementary. So be okay with men and women being complementary. It's, it's okay. It's fine. It's... It's necessary. So if you guys are not like, if you guys are not willing to like understand the truth, you all are being used. You're all being used by society. Society can't allow masculinity to exist. It can't allow men overall, every man within society to put self above tribe because then it would be revolution and society would fall. Can't let that happen. So it uses what's, what men wants, which is sex, as a carrot to control male effort and get men to be and, and victimize men's masculine idealism to get them to fight in foreign wars. For example, just this year and last year, there are people joining the military to go fight in wars, you know, in Afghanistan, Operation Enduring Freedom, Iraq, 
Operation Iraqi Freedom, blah, blah, blah. These wars, for example, that existed before they were even born. Think about that. And it's all because men have effectively been castrated by this feminist bullshit. Society uses feminism to protect itself from masculinity. And then society also uses feminism as a way to control female sexuality. That's why women don't, they're not as sexually free technically as men. And there's this constant double standard regardless of what gender you are. Again, this all proves that gender equality is a myth. It's not true. It's bullshit, right? So anyway, folks, like seriously, understand how the world works. You want to actually be happy? Then if you're a woman, go out of your way to be feminine, truly feminine. You want to be, if you're a man, you want to be happy, be masculine. Seriously, you have to do that. Happiness is available in everyone's grasp, but don't allow yourselves to be pushed around by society. Don't allow yourselves to have society dictate to you what is right and wrong based on society's own definition of what is affiliative or do the right thing. Because the right thing that y'all are taught teaching yourselves and teaching your people, the right thing is it only benefits society. It doesn't benefit you. Society doesn't care if you are happy. Society cares that men are chasing after sex and trying to earn women so that it pulls society along. Men invent amazing technologies and keep growing society for society's benefit because they're chasing after pussy, chasing after women constantly, chasing after sex constantly. Do you think if all men, you know, had harems or had, you know, and women were more sexually free, men would spend so much time on just sexuality and procreation that they wouldn't pull society along and society would also collapse there as well. Society knows this. So society has to effectively weaponize men's effort in order to grow itself, but also to prevent men from toppling society itself. And then it uses women being a sex object and men being a success object to handle this end game. This is reality. This is the truth. And you guys need to just understand this. It doesn't matter what type you are. It doesn't matter what your worldview or your temperament is. It doesn't matter what your interaction style or expression style is. This is what you have to deal with every single day. You know, and I don't care if you're a feminine type. If you're a feminine type and you're a man, I expect you to be masculine. If you are a masculine type and you're a woman, I expect you to be feminine. Just like the uh, fable, the tortoise and the hare, right? The hare is raw talent, but the tortoise is learned behavior. It is hard work. Hard work always beats talent. So when a masculine woman learns how to be feminine through hard work, she ends up being far more beautiful and far more feminine than all other women out there. The women who are naturally feminine, like the SFJs, for example. Well, the same is true for the men who are the most feminine. Which at least, thank God, gives my hype, my, my type hope that I can end up becoming the most masculine out there, even though I started out super feminine. Thank God there's hope, right? Keep this in mind, folks. This is literally how life works. Men are cheap. Women are right because they're more biologically important. 
and society is fast. And society effectively rules all of us because it cannot allow masculinity to exist. It cannot allow another Hitler to exist. And that's why masculinity is as squelched as much as it is. But if you men out there, regardless of if you're a feminine type or masculine type, learn through rite of passage or suffering in your own life to put yourself above the tribe, put yourself above society. If you learn how to do that and you're willing to take the slow road and not the quick, easy way because society is fast, then guess what's going to happen? You're going to end up getting a girl, man. You're going to end up being happy. And your woman will finally have a masculine man, what she's been looking for her whole life. And she, too, will be happy. That's just the reality of it. That's the reality. Anyway, folks, uh, if you found this lecture useful, helpful, educational, enlightening, please leave a comment below. I read all the comments. Please also subscribe to the channel because, like, we're trying to get to 100,000 subscribers. And the majority of the people that watch this channel, don't e they're not even subscribed. So please actually subscribe. It doesn't take any time, and I'd really appreciate it. Also, I go live a lot, so hit the notification bell so that you guys can find out when I'm going live. So anyway, folks, all that being said, I'll see you again.